Jewel Radio presents What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news you can use. Hello, everyone. I'm Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler, and you're listening to What She Said, Women Positive News and Views You Can Use, brought to you tonight by Roar Publishing from Concept to Content. Kate is back from sunny Rio. How was your trip? Sunny. No. Sunny. (laughs) It was great. We did. uh, We had a wonderful time. Uh, We did a lot of touring uh, around. We saw all the sites you're supposed to see. Had a wonderful time doing it. Um, And we got to go backstage because our friend that spends a lot of time there uh, took us to meet the man who has won the best design for all the floats for Carnival for the last, I think it was three or four years in a row. So we couldn't take pictures. So that's why you didn't see any posts. But we know what's what they're going to be doing for um, next year's Carnival at the beginning of the year. It'd be well, amazing. After this show, we'll need to talk about what she said Carnival trip. <laughs> <laughs> Live coverage. That would be wild. No, it was great. We spent a lot of time in Ipanema and yes, you do hear that song yeah. <laughs> um, everywhere you go and the beach food was fabulous. Beaches were great. People were, were wonderful. Wonderful time. Well, moving on, did you know that 23% of family caregivers that have been caring for loved ones for five years or more report that their health is fair or poor? We're starting off tonight's show talking to the founder of Canada Cares, Caroline Tapp McDougall, who says Canadian caregivers may be too kind for their own good, and that comes with some serious health risks. While finding comfortable and practical workwear can be a challenge, we're going to talk to a law student turned entrepreneur, Stephanie Ray, who's on a mission to provide women with professional clothing that has personality through Grays. It's a Toronto-based e-commerce retailer, and she's committed to manufacturing in Canada. And we're also going to be joined by award-winning Toronto author Adrian Cress, whose latest young adult novel, The Explorers, The Door in the Alley, is going to be adapted into a Disney film produced by Michael DeLuca, who is known for The Social Network, Moneyball, and a lot of other box office blockbusters. And speaking of blockbusters, film critic Ann Brody will be here to tell us what's worth seeing at the movies this weekend and why not pay for those movie tickets with MasterPass Digital Wallet. That's what lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is loving this week, and she'll be here to tell us all about that. And, of course, every show ends with a performance in our live studio sessions. We're happy to have Toronto pop and soul artist Melissa Bell back in our studio. She'll perform her new single, Big Boys. Don't cry. And we're giving away a Fitbit Charge 2 fitness tracker, thanks to Best Buy Canada, through our What She Said newsletter. While we take a short break, why don't you go to whatshesaidtalk.com and subscribe, and you'll never miss a contest. We'll be right back with the founder of Canada Cares. This is What She Said. Stay with us. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. So come on, Virginia, show me a sign. Send up a signal, I'll throw you the line. Stay past curtain, you're hiding behind. Never lets in the sun. 
darling, only the good die. Welcome back. Did you know that one in four Canadians is a family caregiver? That's more than eight million people. And most of those people juggle work. They juggle raising children at the same time. Joining us now is the founder of Canada Cares, Caroline Tap McDougall, who says Canadian caregivers may be too kind for their own good, and that comes with some serious health risks. Welcome, Caroline. Thank you. Um, What do you mean by they're too kind for their own good? Well, I think what happens to us is that, of course, we feel sometimes duty-bound. We feel that we're being honourable adult sons and daughters. And so we just keep on going to provide the help that's needed. And I think sometimes our health is at risk because it can be 24-7. It can be that we're juggling work and kids, but it just never stops. It's a long-term commitment, and that's hard for us. Well, Caroline, the stats actually prove what you're saying. And it's Mm -hmm. surprising to me that three quarters of family members don't find the time to go to the doctor. Uh, More than half of them don't eat properly. And up to half of them have clinical symptoms of depression. Why is that? Well, I think if you think about what we're doing, we're actually in a situation that sometimes there is no real cure for. We're caring for aging parents who are getting more frail, who are getting diagnoses that aren't necessarily, it's not good news, is it? And so I think there's sort of the mental health thing and the disappointment and the sadness. And then there's also all the physical things that go along with having to provide care. It could be the shopping. It could be sort of taking people to doctor's appointments. It could be bathing, all of those things. So it's a lot of work. When you talk about the caregiver, are, are you talking uh, mainly about uh, spouse, partners, uh, what can affect them going through it? Or are we also going down to the sandwich generation, the children? Well, everybody's circumstances are different. I mean, Mm. we look at things, we talk about the caregiving journey, okay? And so if you look that sometimes it's somebody who's on their own, sometimes it's a spouse, sometimes it's a parent caring for a young child. So I think we we can't sort of generalize and say it's always this or that. We know that it affects one in four of us. And each one of us has to kind of step up and figure out what we can contribute and what we're going to be able to do. But that's where it gets tricky because Mm -hmm. there's no exact formula. And we tend to keep going until it's too much. And then the caregiver burns out. But what is the answer? Because for many people, they didn't, you know, prepare for that financially to have somebody come in. They they haven't thought about that. Right. Um, And if... Often now, you've got maybe siblings that live the other side of the world, so it's left to one person. You're exactly right. One person, and that's usually what happens. And it's often um, the woman, the oldest daughter, um, that we find is providing the care still. And um, I guess the solution is that what you need to do is try to work out a plan. I think what happens is we try to go day to day to day because it's a changing circumstance. And sometimes what you have to do, as with anything, is step back and look and say, okay, what are the resources that are available to me? Who else can help? Sometimes it's a neighbor that can do something. Sometimes people are members of a church. Sometimes it's a community support area or or organization. So I think, again, it's different depending also on where you live. You know, if you're in the rural areas of Canada, it's much harder sometimes. Do you think it's that we don't realize how much this impacts our own health? That we just feel that we're doing the right thing and that it'll be fine? 
I remember when I was caring for my mom, and that's exactly right. I mean, I would just get, be getting off a plane and tearing to the nursing home, or every time the nursing home called, I'd be there. And after a while, yeah, you suddenly realize you're exhausted, and you really aren't looking after your children or yourself. So again, I think what I recommend to people is you step back every once in a while, and you basically say, okay... You know, let's halt, let's see who else can help. Sometimes a long-distance brother or sister can make a difference. You know, and there's different things that you can do if you communicate. Oftentimes, we don't communicate. Also, it's a question of support. Mm -hmm. uh, because most of us don't reach out. Our friends really don't want to hear about it, because maybe they're not going through it at the same time we are. I went through it for years, and then, and then you know, and Kate wasn't going through it at the same time, and now... She is a bit, and I'm not. So we don't want to be Debbie Downers, so we don't say too much. But I think it's probably important to find some support. And there are support groups. For instance, organizations like the Alzheimer's Society, mm -hmm. who we, we partner with, have support groups. They have all sorts of helpful ideas and, and sort of people who've gone through that before. They, they'll mentor you, for instance. They'll, they'll share ideas with you. So that's a good part of it. You know, look for support and talk about it. Well, according to, to the National Academy of Sciences, the stress of caregiving for someone with dementia has been shown to impact a person's immune system for up to three years after the caregiving ends. So that increases the chances of developing a chronic illness themselves, right? You're exactly right. And you don't really realize that. You're suddenly, phew, you know, okay, I don't need to deal with this. But then you've got the sadness, you've got the grieving, and also, you know, you're, you're worn out. So, yeah, it's very true. And also, oftentimes, we've compromised at work as well, where yeah. we've sort of not taken a promotion or not traveled as much. I know I had to cut back my traveling. And so I was always making an excuse and trying to get one of my coworkers to go and do that for me. So there's other things as well that affect it. So, Well, Caroline, give us an idea. With the number of Canadians living with dementia also growing, what is the landscape look like in terms of the need for caregivers must be growing? Are there enough of them? Are there enough professional caregivers that people can hire? That's a good question. Um, I look at it and I say it's similar to what we've done for childcare. Okay, so when I was having young children, we had nannies and we had caregivers and there was always a bit of a struggle for that, right, mm -hmm. to find good caregiving. So again, it goes back to your means. I think there will be some people who will be able to afford and pay for live-in caregivers. Other people will work with, you know, what's available through the government home care programs. Some people will sort of tough it out on their own. But certainly I'm expecting that there's going to be a shortage and it's not going to be easy to find someone to... Well, one of the things that, that you are doing, you mentioned that you partner with the Alzheimer's Society of Toronto and Canada Cares and uh, the Society are putting on a Beatles tribute concert. That's November 11th at Toronto's TELUS Centre for Performance and Learning. And it's in support of family caregivers from coast to coast to coast. So tell us what people can expect at that. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a Beatles tribute band and we have a couple of other performers. And our whole attitude at Canada Cares is to really celebrate caregivers. We can always look at all the things that, you know, we're putting ourselves at risk. There aren't enough caregivers. It's a terrible time in our lives. But what we do is we try to celebrate and we have our Canada Cares Awards as well. And so we point, uh, point to the people who are doing things well and we celebrate those things. So it'll be a fun evening, very lively. We expect to have people dancing in the aisles and we've got a lot of our friends and, and patrons and people who support us there. 
How many tickets are there? I mean, how many people do you expect to have there? Well, the hall holds a thousand people. <laughs> we still have a few hundred tickets to sell, so we're hoping uh, that people will hear us on the radio and come out and join us. And you're also going to, to give uh, to our listeners and our followers uh, two pairs of tickets. We are. Okay, so you can. we will be putting up posts uh, about that all across our social. But how do people that want to go directly to help support this excellent event, where do mm-hmm. they go? Well, they can go to Kerner Hall directly to the box office, but they can also visit our website, which is CanadaCares.org. CanadaCares.org. So, and buy their tickets. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, are you hopeful for the future? Because we hear the population is aging. We hear, we see the statistics. I am because I'm Canadian, and I think that the way we deal with things in Canada is that we care for each other and we are, you know, pretty open to trying to come up with good solutions. So I, I do have confidence. Well, that's that's a relief because many people are talking, always talk in terms of a crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm heartened to hear that you have confidence that we will solve this if we step back and take a look and plan properly. It's a hard thing to do, though. And talk to each other and communicate and not be afraid to tell other people what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it, I think one of the most difficult things for, for me, my, my family, as a family member with dementia, is almost the loneliness of the caregiver because it's very, very difficult. And then you want to step up and you want to help and that wears everybody down. So it really does take a village, as they say. You really do have to reach out to everyone. And to realize that you're not alone. There are lots of other families going through this, and it's often your coworker right next to you, and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. And it helps to know that. Well, Caroline Tap McDougall, thank you so much for joining us this evening and for sharing this and for raising a little bit of awareness. So maybe we we do reach out to the person next to us next time. Thank you. This is what she said. Stay with us. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. (laughs) (laughs) Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I do can't it again. Do it again. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. Well, that's just a pay the bills. It's need not great. Open the door to your heart. 
Welcome back to What She Said. Joining us now is award-winning Toronto author Adrian Cress, whose latest young adult novel, The Explorers, The Door in the Alley, is about to make a transition to the big screen. Welcome, Adrian. Hi. This is so exciting. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Okay, before we, we want to learn all about this transition, but yeah. this is your third book aimed at children or young adults? Yeah, I, I, there are sort of, it's it's actually two separate cat- categories. So there's the children's, which is also known in the industry as middle grade, as in the middle grades. So right. 8 to 12. So that's what this one is geared Age for. 12, okay. And then there is young adult, which is more for teenagers, which I've also written uh, for. Uh, so this one is specifically, yes, the third one. I've, I have two other middle grade books uh, that came out, like the first one came out 10 years ago. This is my anniversary, my this is- 10th anniversary oh. of being a published author. Um, and to come back to writing uh, middle grade, uh, the 8 to 12 range, it's just, it's it's where my heart is. It's it's my favorite thing to write. In in my soul, I'm a ten year old, really. Um, <laughs> so I I I'm it's so ha- I'm so happy to be back writing this, and it just feels so perfect that it's you know ten years later and all of that. Tell us about the story. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> you know you're you're going to be asked that, and then you're like, how do I say this really succinctly? Um, so it's two kids, uh, a boy and a girl, Sebastian and Evie, and they mm-hmm. don't know each other. But they meet up at this um, explorer's society, this very top secret society. And basically they are tasked with putting back together this formerly famous exploring team called the Philopendulous Five. It's very fun to ask kids, you know, say that five times fast. Because I can't. Maybe maybe you can. Um, the <laughs> Philopendulous Five. Yes. Philopendulous Five? Philopendulous. Okay. You know, it's, uh, tongue twisters are very fun. Yeah. Um, and they have to put this team back together in order to rescue the team's leader, who is also Evie's grandfather. So that's why they have to do it. It's funny, I like to think. Uh, it's mysterious, it's exciting, it's ridiculous, uh, rather absurd. Um, and uh, there's a pig in a teeny hat. Wow. That's, how, did, how, that's how everything starts. <laughs> that's how this story starts. <laughs> how, did you, how did you come up with that idea? I have no idea. Um, I, <laughs> She's I, honest. I'm very, yeah. No, I, the actual story, I've always loved adventure stories. I've always loved sort of then this, and then this, and then you think you're okay, but then this. Um, so there were a lot of elements within the story itself that were just fun ideas I've sort of collected over the years that you're like, oh, this is the perfect time for to put this into this story. The pig in the teeny hat. This pig, he just wants to take over everything. It's 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 rather impressive because I had no plans of writing a pig in a teeny hat. There was no, all right, I've got my characters, I've got my plot, I know where I'm going. All right, sit down, blank page, start typing, and this story begins, as most stories do, with a pig wearing a teeny hat. And that's the, ex- the same sentence. It n- didn't get edited out, it didn't get changed. That's the very first sentence I wrote. And I stared at it. And I went, okay, well, I have no idea where that came from. I guess there's a pig in a teeny hat who really needs to be in this story. And it just sort of happened from there. Okay, so the book is going to be uh, adapted into a Disney film produced by Michael DeLuca, who's yes. known for The Social Network, Captain yes. Phillips. He's very much a, a book-to-film kind of kind of guy. Yeah. How did this happen? Well, it's, um, oh gosh, I, there's, I have to admit there's not too much uh, details I, I am privy uh, to share. Um, it's really actually not nearly as, as sometimes as romantic as it seems. Um, it's, the, it's, it's through sort of just the chain of command through your agency and through submission to various people. And um, there are also two um, foreign deals at, at work right now uh, for foreign publications, which I always think is 
super cool because to see your work in a completely different language and somebody's had to translate it. And I also do a lot of wordplay in my book, so I don't... I, I don't read the other languages, so I don't know what it is, but just to think that these people have had to think through and figure out in their language how to, how to do it is, is, um, is very exciting. So generally with, with, with film adaptations, with, um, with different book rights, with audiobooks uh, as mm -hmm. well, there's an audiobook of it. Um, the woman, uh, Kristen C., who did it is amazing. She was, uh, she was just recently on House of Cards and she's got this amazing sort of catch in her voice and this warmth and this personality. Um, all of this sort of ends up happening um, very, you know, professionally <laughs> and through publishers and through agents and, and, through, uh, and through that. So once you hand it over, yeah. in a sense, yeah. how much control do you have? I mean, would you be allowed to have a say in who plays, let's oh. say, Sebastian <laughs> and Evie? Or, like like or, casting and and, 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 and... and your ideas on how the movie should look and feel. <laughs> I mean, do they care? Oh, man. Uh, it would be so great. Generally, I, I, I th uh, from my experiences before with other options uh, for other books and with my friends as well. You're, you sometimes, it's, it's so diverse. Sometimes you get a say, sometimes they really want to hear from you. Sometimes they're like, thank you very much for the inspiration. We're going our own way. Um, I'm also an actor and I've also uh, directed and produced myself. So of course there's elements of it, not so much the control aspect, but the learning aspect where it would be very cool to be a part of things, to mm -hmm. just have the opportunity to learn. But I'm very, very careful because Every, you know, <laughs> to be very Canadian, the medium is the message. And I really don't, as an author, want to be too precious or too, you have to do it this way because I think a film isn't a book. And I think if you stay too rigidly close to the book sometimes, you get a very, uh, lacking in energy, if that makes sense. There's, the, the magic spark isn't necessarily there in the film. If you look at something like Harry Potter or you look at Lord of the Rings, they seem like relatively close adaptations to their source material. But when you actually go into it, there's a lot mm -hmm. that is actually changed by the creatives. And J.K. Rowling, um, because she was actually you know alive for the <laughs> adaptations as opposed to Tolkien, who you know they couldn't talk to about anything, no. but she really took a step back and they wanted more of her input but she took a step back out of it and just said I really want you guys to do what you're going to do and on occasion like from everything they've said that she actually talked to Alan Rickman and told him where Snape was going and his backstory because all the books weren't finished mm -hmm. they weren't written yet um, but otherwise she sort of took a step back and I think that's smart because otherwise you can get I don't know I, I, I love film I'm a huge movie buff and I and I respect that film is not a book and I think let the creatives do their own thing. Well, you compare the style of the book to a series of unfortunate events. Wait, that's what, yeah, that's what the, the publisher, yes. But it is like, and a few reviewers, and I have to say, it's like the biggest compliment. <laughs> I was very excited when so they So how did, did you feel about the film that was made of the book? So, oh, so the film, uh, I actually haven't seen the TV show yet, which I would love to be able to see, because I always thought it would make a much better TV show. Because mm -hmm. they did three of the books into the the film. Mm -hmm. I think they probably had intentions of doing more, but I, I don't think it was as well received as they'd liked. I actually thought they did a really nice job of it. Mm -hmm. I liked that they framed it. So they took book one and they split it in half and put books two and three in the middle. So they started with book one, sort of all the stuff that happens and the introduction of Olaf and the actors. And then they went into the conservatory stuff and into you know, the Meryl Streep um, on the shore stuff. And then they go back to the end of book one. And I thought that framing device was very, very clever. I thought they did a lot of things right. I even really liked Jim Carrey. I know some people thought he was over the top, but I thought he was appropriate. 
Um, so I, I thought it, it had issues, but that's another example of they took their own interpretation and they tried their best with a difficult source material. I think, not that I've seen the series, but I, from what I understand, the series does it just so much better because of the time to do it properly. So do you think, are, are there, is there more coming oh, in yeah, this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the explorers, the explorers. Yeah, so I, the second book is out in April of, uh, well, th this coming April, and then the third will be a year after that. I just finished the third this week. I'm a little shaky. I'm not sure if you can tell. It's that strange, crazy feeling of, I did it. I wrote a book. And even though I've written this. I wrote is, three books. No, well, I've, <laughs> in, in my life, I've written 11. And even though it's my 11th, it's still, I wrote a book. And it's the most incredible feeling every single time. Well, you say you, you are an actor. So yes. which is your favorite? Uh, I know it's so tricky. I, I, I honestly, I get asked that. And I think it's, I, I have to be honest and say both, even though it's a, an obnoxious answer. It's like, which, you know, which of your kids do you like more? That kind of answer. I think there are things I like better about acting than, you know, writing and vice versa. I think with writing, it's so exciting because you can create your entire art. You can sit alone, write an entire story, and there it is. As an actor, I can't, I mean, I can, and I do. I just recite a monologue to myself just for fun sometimes because I'm a, you know, a geek. But I, um, I can't act in a play or I can't act in a movie without other people. So I, there is an advantage and disadvantage to both. But I love telling stories in whatever medium. So wh where's your website so people can learn oh, more and connect by the book? It's just my name, which when I tell kids, they then write my name. No, no, Adrian <laughs> Cress. <laughs> AdrianCress.com. And both my actor and author personalities are on both sides. And the explorers you can buy where? Everywhere. Um, Everywhere. Indigo, Amazon, uh, indie bookstores, which I always highly uh, recommend. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Oh, thank you guys so and much for having me. we can't wait to see the movie when yeah. it comes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. Me too. <laughs> this is what she said. Stay with us. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy to use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30 day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. What She Said is more than women-positive news. First, it's a radio show on the Jewel Network with a dedicated and growing audience of affluent men and women aged 35-plus. But What She Said is also a digital platform with thousands of followers, the ideal target market for your brand. What She Said features companies and trendsetters, those on the leading edge of fashion, business, lifestyle, entertainment, travel, technology, and finance. Get your brand on What She Said and get results. Go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. When Candace Derricks tells people where to go, they listen. Hmm, and all-inclusive is sounding pretty nice right now. Ooh! <laughs> 
Let me see food and travel and exactly, what else. right? There's nothing else in life. It's food and no. travel as far as I'm concerned. So you want to do all your investigation up front. These are really, really, really good tips. Pleasantville is on our bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> We've got expert travel tips and tricks from Candace at lifeinpleasantville.com. Weekends on What She Said Talk. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. And that music means that. Anne Brody is joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies. And you have a great interview, Anne, on our site now with actor Andy Serkis, who we know as Gollum from Lord of the Rings. But he just directed his first film. I know he's done feature he's done shorts before but this is his first and he did a very good job. Mind you it's a bit of a safe film. It's kind of hallmarky. It's called Breathe and it's about the true story of a military figure in in England after World War 1 who was uh, stricken uh, with paralysis and he and his wife played by Claire Foy. I don't know if you remember her from Wolf Hall. Just stunning. They devise ways to help people in paralysis and techniques, and it, it was a it was a true story. They were in Africa when he was stricken, and so many obstacles to overcome. But they did it. They had that you know British stiff upper lip, can do spirit, and they did it. So it's a bit of a tearjerker. He does a very good job, given the limitations of of what I call a hallmarky film. Um, but it just shows that that Andy Circus, there's nothing that man can't do. He's he's a polymath, if you ask me, an entertainment polymath. He directs, he writes, he he co-wrote that breathe, he acts, he does dance, movement. It's amazing. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, I've read the interview. I've seen the interview. That's good. Oh, great. <laughs> oh good. That's good. Good. Thank you. I'm not we, going. Not going to go and see this next one. Though. No, me neither. I don't. I mean, I don't even know if we want to talk about the Which Texas one? Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, girls! I took your mother. In, I guess, the mid-80s to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We'd never mm-hmm. seen it before. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we sat in the very back row so nobody could attack us from behind. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was, it was kind of a thrill. It was, it, these are not bad films. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you know a bad film when you see one. These are not bad films. It, it avoids all the cliches of, of horror slasher films. So, and that makes it effective. However, towards the end of Leatherface, which is the origin story of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where Leatherface came from, we meet him when he's a child. It's so insane, so ridiculous, so over the top that I was laughing like a fool. <laughs> Just laughing my head off. Um, and in a way, it's a bit of a relief. And that's, as you know, I call horror films, some of them anyway, feel-good films, because <laughs> that's not happening to you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, what about um, Human Flow? Yes, that's Ai Weiwei's uh, year-long 23-country documentary on the refugee crisis. At this moment, there are 64 million people wandering the earth, looking for a home. They're escaping violence, climate change, oppression, bombs, missiles, and you hear the saddest story. 654 million? No, 64 million. million. I was going to say, that's... We have room for them. I don't know. We have room for them, but we have a lot of black flies, so I don't know. But there's no narration. There's no... uh, Some music, but it's basically watching these people move 
and flow. And it sort of builds over time. Initially, I thought, well, you know, I, I know all this from the news and why am I watching for two and a half hours? But it builds in, in tempo and scope and emotion. And it's really very good, very good. Um, now, you, you, one of my former heroes, um, Laird Hamilton, surfer. Really? Yeah. He was just an icon. I guess Australia yeah. has a surfing culture. Yes, yes, yeah. But I mean, but, but he, he did everything, like across the English Channel. He was Maui. He was just, he was phenomenal. Um, but he was what he's got to be 50 now. Is he still he's 50? Yeah. And he, he won't do the big waves anymore, but he does something called foil. What is it called? Foil something. I don't know. And he likens I don't, it. I don't do to, it anymore at all. <laughs> <laughs> he likens it to riding a unicycle through a hurricane. So apparently, very few people do it. It's highly risky. But also, what comes out in the documentary is what oh, a foil what a, boarding. Foil that, boarding. That's okay, okay, that's it. And uh, it comes out in the movie also that he was, uh, you know, a megalomaniac, and he burned every bridge he ever crossed. Mm. But he's still married to Gabrielle Reese, if you remember her, mm -hmm. Olympic athlete mm -hmm. and model and actress. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they've survived and done well. But this is a really good documentary. And, of course, it's a tremendous eyeful because you get all the waves and the, the visceral feeling of, you know, flying through a tunnel. Uh, very good. Well worth seeing. Uh, UNA with Rooney Mara. Una? Oh, Una? Una, yeah. Una. Okay. This is, God, the timing on this is incredible. It's about a girl played by Rooney Mara who um, seeks out her childhood abuser. Yeah, okay. that's it. And uh, he's he has this great life. He's wealthy. He's got a good job, beautiful wife and children. She shows up. It's not really sure. It's not really certain as to why, but she... She wants to restart the relationship. So that's a whole kettle of fish. Uh, mm. Thought-provoking. Very thought-provoking. He actually served prison time for it. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And oh, uh, quickly, we've got the 18th annual Imaginative uh, Film yes. Media Arts Festival. That is a tremendous festival every year, and they highlight uh, First Nations uh, work. There's 100 feature films, documentary shorts, and music videos. And there's one called The Crimes of uh, Shelley Chartier, which I uh, saw. And it's about a girl who lived um, in isolation way up northern Quebec, uh, Manitoba on a on a reservation. She never left her house, but she catfished an NBA uh, player and another girl. It's complicated how it worked, but she had them believing that they were communicating with each other when she was actually controlling it online, <laughs> and it made international headlines. She served prison time. All right. Thank you very much. You can find Anne's full reviews every Friday on WhatSheSaidTalk.com. And we will chat with you again next week. I bet we will. Joining us now is our lifestyle expert, Lena Almeida, who always shares what she is loving. And this week... We're going to be talking about the MasterPass digital wallet. Yeah. Okay, what is it? Well, I love shopping online. Do you love shopping online too? I, 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 I may. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, should I admit it here? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually almost exclusively shop online, mm -hmm. and I figured out an amazing online shopping hack 
to save time, and it's MasterPass. Okay. So if you haven't heard of MasterPass, it's a simple, convenient, and completely safe service for faster shopping at thousands of online retailers, including recently Costco.ca. And I shop online at Costco.ca. I know many people do. I thought you had to use a Costco card. No, so Costco.ca takes MasterPass. Okay. Yes. So there are no additional fees for consumers to use MasterPass, and you can use it online at thousands of your favorite stores, and all you need to do is look for the MasterPass button. Now, I'm going to give you a quick step-by-step because I know listeners may be saying, okay, I can't really picture this. And the thing is, until you sign up with MasterPass, you may not notice the button in online checkouts. I know until I did, I, I just didn't see it. But now I, I just notice it all the time because I'm a member. So the first thing you want to do is visit mastercard.ca slash masterpass. And you're going to sign up with your email address or your mobile phone number. And then you're going to do this just once. You're going to set up your shipping information, and then you're going to add your preferred method of payment. So your method of payment can be your credit cards, your debit card, even prepaid cards from MasterCard, American Express, or Visa. So you're going to enter all that information again just once. And then when you go to an online checkout of one of the MasterPass retailers, you just hit MasterPass, log in, and boom, all of your payment information is right there. So that is saving you time because you don't have to fill out all of your shipping information. And of course, I hear so many times when people are online shopping, oh, I don't have my card numbers memorized. It's such a pain to go and kind of grab my wallet with this. Boom, one click, it's done. And they take, and and it's not, I mean, it's a MasterCard. It's a MasterCard product, but you can load your Visa card into MasterPass, your American Express. Yeah, basically any payment method that you normally would use online shopping. So if you're... um if you're already using a points card, then yes. you're collecting a points card with like, uh, you know, um, you know, whatever, then you can use that card and it slots through. 100%. So literally, it's saving you time. You know it's secure and you're using that one login. And some of the more popular retailers that offer MasterPass are Indigo, Joe Fresh, Pizza Pizza, and Cineplex. So again, when I say online shopping hack, I can't believe I haven't, you know, used it sooner to save all this time online shopping. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm about to voice my mother here. My <laughs> yes. credit card information will be compromised. That, you know what? So yes, we hear that frequently. And it, you know what? It does happen, but mm-hmm. it's not as frequent as people think it is. I mean, considering the millions of e-commerce transactions that happen every day. But when you pay with MasterPass, your single account is protected by multiple layers of security. So it's guarded from fraudulent use. Um, You know, if you're using a website that has MasterPass as a pay option, you know that your online transaction is secure. Another reason we were saying, you know, we we're talking about people who don't like online shopping. Again, it's really the time, the time it takes to go and find your wallet and get your credit card details or fill out the shipping forms. I know for myself, filling out your mm. name and address every single time can get tiresome. So again, with MasterPass, you're just hacking that because it's already, you fill it out once and then it's already populated for every time you want to shop. And again, 
that website is mastercard.ca slash masterpass. And in fact, if you visit my blog, listentolina.com, I've got a post that has, you know, everything in detail to give you more information about it. Plus, I share my picks from Costco.ca because, of course, now that MasterPass is available on Costco.ca, you know I had to do a little bit of online shopping. Why am I not surprised? (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end, I actually also offer a giveaway for a prepaid $100 MasterCard. So, yeah, lots of great um, deals out there, online shopping, and now an easy way to pay with MasterPass. Okay, so and for people that still say they're still worried about their banking info. Yes. Your account is usually backed up by your bank anyway. You know what it is. So I mean, I've been my credit card has been compromised in Mm -hmm. the past. But I mean, are generally speaking now credit card companies offer, you know, zero liability consumer protection. So if your card is compromised, you won't be out of pocket. You yeah, just have to catch it. The, the point is to look at your credit card sta- mm-hmm. statements. And I think mm-hmm. as the generations pass, less and less people scrutinize credit card statements. And it's, it's you know, it's kind of honest to stay on top of it. Yeah, that's, um, it, that is important because I've caught a couple of things too. I think the worst thing about actually that's happened to me about having my credit card compromised is that you get a new credit card with a new number. Yeah. And you've got to learn. I'm one of those people that knows my credit card number <laughs> off by heart, Lena. <laughs> I can tell that you must be a very savvy online shopper then. (laughs) That's it. Okay, so tell people one more time. This is the MasterPass digital wallet. Yes, and And the website to sign up is mastercard.ca slash masterpass. Again, you just sign up once, enter your information, and then whenever you're shopping and you see that MasterPass button, you click it and you are getting checked out in a hurry. Lena Almeida, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. This is what she said, and we'll be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it, to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Boomer Nutrition Energy Protein Powder is the first protein supplement specifically designed for people over 40. Their research-based formula helps your body combat aging by maintaining lean muscle and slowing age-related muscle loss with added B vitamins for energy and leucine. Boomer Nutrition Protein Powder helps you increase metabolism and support a healthy lifestyle. Use code WSSRADIO at Amazon.ca to save 25%. Visit MyBoomerNutrition.com for details. Be ageless. Live your life with Boomer Nutrition. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 
416-340-7270. You're listening to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news you can use on Jewel Radio. Welcome back. A Toronto-based e-commerce retailer is on a mission to provide women with professional clothing that has personality, all the while supporting Canadian manufacturing. Joining us now is the founder of Gray's, Stephanie Ray. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here tonight. I would love to hear this story because you were a law student in New York City and throughout your studies... And being out in the workforce, you say you felt a disconnect with the suits and workwear pieces you had to wear. And now you're a business owner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that all about? So while I was in law school, I discovered this need. Uh, I felt like I never could find workwear that I loved, that I felt good in, that I really felt like myself. Um, I really felt like my wardrobe was kind of divided between the clothes that I wanted to wear and my everyday wardrobe. And then the clothes that I kind of reserve for those interviews, professional events, um, internships, presentations, all that type of stuff. And it just really felt like I couldn't find anything that I loved, that I felt great in, and I was excited to wear um, in those more professional settings that were at an accessible price point for a law student. Um, and, it, and in speaking with my peers, this is something they also felt. And when I graduated, I decided that this is something that I wanted to pursue. Um, I've always had an interest in fashion and I have my undergraduate degree in business. Um, so it felt like uh, made sense for me to, to pursue this, something I was really passionate about. So what was the transition from law to business owner like for you? Well, it was really exciting. I was so happy to have found something that I was so passionate about and excited about um, that it just felt really natural, um, you know. So what were the parameters besides finding um, business clothes that you loved uh, and were excited to wear? Um, what other parameters did you have for your company? So I really wanted to create a collection of versatile pieces, pieces that women could wear both to the office um, and outside off-duty, whether it was on the weekend with a pair of jeans or dress-up pieces for a night out. Um, so I think versatility was something that I found very important, especially for the modern working woman who might have a 7 a.m. breakfast and have a 7 p.m. cocktail event and they don't have time to go home in the middle of the day. So really about finding pieces that are going to last a woman um, throughout all of their needs throughout the day. Um, and also be versatile and able to mix and match within our own collection and with the rest of their wardrobe at home. So I think that's something really important to today's woman is to have um, versatile pieces. Now, everything is designed, cut, and sewn exclusively in factories across the GTA. Yes. So does local manufacturing come at a higher cost compared to other regions? Why did you want to stick with supporting local <laughs> So we, as a Toronto-based company, it was really important to us to be made locally. Um, just starting out, we wanted to be able to work closely with our factories. Um, we can pop in whenever we want, um, check on production, ensure the quality, ensure the ethical conditions. Uh, they really have become an integral part of our team, and I think that was really important to us as a new brand um, to have that relationship with our factory. 
Uh, also, with being made locally, you were able to have quicker turnaround times, which I think is really important for our customer because we're able to take their feedback and in real time incorporate it into our production and make sure we're creating the best pot of possible product for them. So we feel that it is worthwhile for us to be made in Canada. Now, one of the things that I find interesting is that there there's a little bit of stretch. So easy for businesswomen to pack and not have it all crinkled. Yes, that's that's something very important to us, um, not only in terms of packing, but also in terms of a woman, um, you know, as I mentioned, getting up early in the morning and having a long day of meetings, events, functions, uh, wherever her day is taking her and wanting to make sure that she's looking great starting in the morning and still at the end of the day. So how many pieces do you, do you put uh, together? So we started with um, a curated collection of pieces that we see as um, kind of the core of the mm -hmm. woman's wardrobe. And we started with fairly neutral colors. And um, we've got black, gray, and a pinstripe right now, and a few more coming soon. And we've got eight different silhouettes um, available. Um, so a combination of pants, blazers, dresses, and one top. Well, what you're wearing now, I, I, I think... I. I don't know if it's your favorite, but so far it's mine, is the blazer dress, which um, explain how it works, because we are on radio. So explain <laughs> explain how it works. It's, it's long. It's almost just above the knee. Yes. So the blazer dress has definitely been one of our best sellers because it's so versatile. You can either wear it buttoned up as a dress. Um, so we've got, it's kind of a, a modern take on the wrap dress. So it's, it's got three buttons on the inside so you can secure it closed and then one exterior button. And so if you want to wear it as a dress, you can uh, wear it to the office or you can dress it up with some accessories for an evening event. Um, or you could also wear it unbuttoned kind of as more of a long jacket. Mm -hmm. um, it's got a nice draped um, asymmetrical front line. Uh, so you can wear it either over a pencil pant or a dress if you're going to the office. Um, or you can wear it more casually, as I am today, with a pair of jeans and a white T-shirt. Uh, so I think the women are really appreciating the ability to wear it in so many different ways and just feels like something a little bit different than your traditional workwear. Well, it's amazing because, you again, it's almost like a, a little bit of a coat mm -hmm. with a pair of jeans, with exactly. a pair of little black boots or something. And then you can dress it up and go and... I don't know, go to a business event and put some nice jewelry on and yeah. maybe not high heels because that's that's not what we're supposed to do anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but certainly stockings or something. Yeah, right? exactly. Sound, you know, that's great. We're really about making the pieces feel like your own. So it's all about workwear with a point of view. So for you, it's heels, then that, that works. If not, you know, you can always add stockings, jewelry, whatever it is that makes you feel like yourself and Very feel adaptable. amazing. Yeah. Are you the designer as well? So I have no technical design experience, but I have an amazing design team that I work very closely with to help me bring my vision for Grays to life. Um, so I'm very involved with everything from the development stages, concept, fabric selection, fittings. And um, so throughout this process, I've really learned a lot about the more technical side and I'm really enjoying uh, learning and being a part of that process. What has the reaction from women been? We found that women have really loved our product um, from women who are, you know, of course, in the more corporate settings who are buying multiple pieces from us that they can mix and match um, and wear to the office every day or even mix into the rest of their wardrobe. And then we also have 
um, women who are just looking for everyday great pieces, or maybe they work in a more creative, less formal office where they're buying pieces to mix and match with their jeans or whatever whatever it is that, that are their wardrobe staples. Um, so we're finding really great responses across the board. And why did you decide to just be e-commerce online? So our clothing is available on our e-commerce site, graze.com, which we've just recently refreshed, um, which is very exciting. Um, but we also are available through pop-ups, events, trunk shows. And we've been partnering with a ton of different offices, women's professional associations, conferences, all different things. So we're really about making it easy for the professional woman, knowing how busy they are and how it's really important for them to look good. We just want the whole process to be seamless. So whether it's ordering online with free shipping and return so they can try it on um, in the comforts of their own home um, or doing an event at a location that's convenient for them, maybe they'll already be there. Um, so in all different aspects of our, I guess, distribution, we're really focused on on just making it easy. Now, the beginning of our conversation, you said you were a law student and you were looking for things that were professional and affordable. So how are your price points compared? So our our prices range from 175 for the top to 395 for the blazer dress. 395 for the blazer yeah. dress and that's mm-hmm. and that's and it's black, gray and the pinstripe. You could have Oh, one it's of- available in black and gray for Neo, but we have pinstripe um, for other styles. And what about summer winter? So the idea behind our collection is that we always have certain core pieces. We see the professional woman as always needing the black staples in their wardrobe, always relying on those throughout the year. Um, And then we add in more limited edition pieces that are more tied to whether it's the season um, or something coming up. For example, we're working on some great new pieces for the upcoming holiday season, introducing some lace um, and things that you can really take from the office to a holiday party. Um, so we're doing things like that in more limited edition. Okay, and it's Grays, G-R-A-Y-E-S yes. dot com. Yes. Well, congratulations and, and well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. This is what she said. Stay with us. you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it, to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. What She Said is more than a radio show. 
Connect with us online at whatshesaidtalk.com where you can watch full interviews and quick cuts if you're in a rush, enter big giveaways, read articles from our guest experts, and so much more. Join the conversation on social media at What She Said Talk. And don't forget, if you miss a show, you can catch up on our free Apple podcast. Subscribe and new episodes will automatically download to your device like magic. And now, more women positive news you can use. This is What She Said. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. Not to cry, try not to cry. Well, is it true? Do big boys really not cry? That's a new single from Melissa Bell, who's here with us in studio. Welcome back to what she said. Thank you so much. Now, the last time you were here, you were telling us about living in the UK and your album In the Light. And now we have Big Boys Don't Cry. So what was the inspiration behind the song? What's happened since we last (laughs) saw you? Well, uh, to be fair, I wrote the song you know, while I wrote the rest of the album. So before I before I've seen you guys, so not too much has really changed, but that um the song, to be honest, isn't super specific and personal. It's just was supposed to be this fun, kind of lighthearted, happy kind of breakup song that you're supposed, you know, where the guy, you know, you dump the guy, it didn't work out, but you're okay and everything's fine. The big boys don't cry thing is just kind of like a it's big boys can of course cry. It's just a bit of a joke. Um and so I've done a new music video for it. So I've come back over here to Toronto to do a little promo and play a couple of shows. That's excellent. And you've got a show coming up um, at the Cameron House on Wednesday, October 25th. Yep. Looking forward to going back to the Cameron House. Um, I have Jordan Alexander and Connor Gaines opening and I'm playing with a full band. So that will be awesome. Now, the music video that you were talking about is pretty cute. It's you and your friends walking, walking around town and yeah it's shot <laughs> it's shot in Exeter in England which is about yeah about half hour from where I live mm-hmm. and the themes I mean we, we hear so much of the themes of self-confidence and empowerment in music today more than ever before mm-hmm. I think uh, do you think it's important especially for younger listeners that you're putting out that kind of message uh, well, I absolutely um you hear a lot about social media and things in the media having the opposite effect on people's self-image and confidence. And um, it's really important, I guess, in in my opinion, to be putting out a positive image for people and, and just saying, yeah, you should be confident in yourself and know how you deserve to be treated. And, and you're, you know, you're great just as you are. Absolutely. So, um, so are you, you're still based in England? Are you back here now? What's going on? <laughs> still based in England. I haven't been home since uh, the last time I saw you guys six months ago. So, um, Everything's still peachy out there, just uh, domestic bliss. You I, haven't you haven't been home for six months? <laughs> no, no, I know. Well, actually, since I've seen you guys, I've been able to quit my part time job at a gym and uh, go full time musician. So that's excellent. Thanks yeah. a lot. It's yeah. a it's a big step. It's the first time in my life that I've been able to do that. So I'm very happy. <laughs> so what are things looking like? Going forward the next six months. So um, in about, or at the beginning of November, I'm going to do a little one year birthday celebration for my album In the Light. I'm going to just release a couple exclusive videos. Um, I'm going to start writing again as well because it's time to get some new music happening. Well, how did In the Light do? I I heard it got up there on the... Yeah, it reached number 49 on the the Canadian iTunes pop chart, which is is cool. Um, That's the first time I've had that happen uh and it's just it's been like i think it's done pretty well 
I don't, <laughs> you know, um, it's the first time I've released an album without a label. And I think it's probably, it's, it's been one of my best. Um, and I push it really hard and I'm not ready to stop pushing it, but I'm just ready to maybe start singing some new stuff as well. Well, we are ready to hear you sing your new stuff. But before we do that, what she said, we'll be back tomorrow night at 10. So be sure to follow us on social media at what she said talk. And now here is Melissa Bell performing Big Boys Don't Cry live in our studio sessions. You want to make up? No, I don't think so. Cause I'm about to throw your thing straight out the window. You want to say what? Say that you're sorry. Go on and ride those pintos, boy, I'm a Ferrari. I'm gonna kick you to the left, kick you to the right. Kick you to the curb until I kick you out my life. Go on and cry. It's way too late to apologize. Don't even try. You always said that big boys don't cry. Try not to cry, try not to cry, ah, try not to cry. Big boys don't cry, try not to cry, try not to cry, ah, try not to cry. Big boys don't cry. You wanted my love, you said you'd prove it. But I gave you every chance and boy, you blew it. So I got an instinct, yep. What does that mean? Oh baby, bye, 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 hit the streets I'm gonna kick you to the left, kick you to the right Kick you to the curb until I kick you out my life Go on and cry It's way too late to apologize Don't even try You always said that big boys don't cry Try not to cry Try not to cry, ah, try not to cry. Big boys don't cry. Try not to cry, try not to cry, ah, try not to cry. Big boys don't cry. Go on and cry. It's way too late to apologize. Don't even try, don't even try, boy. You always said that big boys don't cry. You always said big boys don't cry. Ooh, oh, you cry and you cry, yeah. Big boys don't cry. Try not to cry, try not to cry. You always said that big boys don't cry. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. 
Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.